And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 146, aka season 2, episode 14. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. That's right. MC is back yet again from all of his other worldly travels and other things throughout the holidays. So welcome back, MC. Uh, how have you been, man? Oh, pretty good. Um, just chilling like a villain. I guess that's what I do nowadays. <laughs> Such is life, man. Yep. We, we've had private conversations about this, so I'm just going to put this on the air without revealing too much. Um, I think... I think I want to declare MC to be my new uh, anarchist hero. Nah. Uh, what like did I was, do? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell Wait, you. Don't what tell you. anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. But we we've previously, like I've previously declared my other uh, Facebook friend uh, Jay Munster to be my anarchist hero because he like he lives the agorist lifestyle uh, as best as I as best as I've seen demonstrated at least here locally. Meaning he runs his own business, takes cash payments, you know, avoids, uh, you know, avoids the state as much as possible. Um, and I think that you, MC, have managed to surpass him uh, in such a way where you've put yourself in a position to basically uh, never really have to interact with the state um, um, again. Right. I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not hero status yet. Um, I'm not sure I really want to be, um, you don't have to, well, you don't get to choose who your followers are, man. Like, you know, that's, that's true. <laughs> like Charles Barkley said it, I am nobody's hero, but at the same, or I'm not a role model, but at the same time, if people follow you, you kind of are. I'm, and I, I'm, I'm too lazy to reach the level that, that Jay does. So, um, I mean, maybe he would be, if he was in my position, he would be as lazy, but, um, you know, I I never took it that seriously. Like that wasn't my that wasn't my goal. My, Doesn't my have goal to be. was my goal was just getting rich and and uh yeah, that was pretty much it. See, I wasn't even gonna share that. But I will say this, like whatever your goal may have been, what you are currently able to do is my goal. <laughs> so Okay. That's that's why I would declare hero status. All right. Well, um do you want to uh announce the the show like you normally do or should i just get into the tsa issue no jump right in man i what what part did i miss it's been so long since we had this interaction i know i mean i I normally numbers but but that's okay we don't really need to they're on the web page and you know people can see it on the facebook uh any any time and so it's not it's not like uh you know people are shy about using the phone anyway Um, that much is true so I kind of think, you know, if, if people want to join on the podcast, just either send us a message or call us or, or whatever, and, uh, you know, we'll set it up, and we'll make an event out of it, and it'll be fun. Um, An- another roundtable if you're local? Yeah, yeah, right on. Um, okay. If that's so anyway. all if, if all I forgot was the phone numbers, I have those handy. I'll just read them off real quick. So you can, you can check that out at anarchistexperience.com at the top of the page. But the numbers are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. And and yeah, the last, what, like two, three weeks, I haven't had to give them out, so I just skipped it. But there there they are if you decide you want to call in. Um, next show, 
because you're you're not going to see that in time. You're not going to hear this in time to call in this week. Um, so please, TSA traveling, motherfuckers. Yeah, so <laughs> I, you know, I did my research before I I went to through the TSA uh, checkpoint, uh, leaving Honolulu and had uh, some some gold coins with me. Um, collector coins, of course. Um, and pneumatic value. Or numismatic value. Take take them to my parents um, for them to hold on to for me, and uh, you know, in case apocalypse happens and uh, Armageddon, all that stuff, and then uh, you know, maybe they can trade them for something in the future. Um, so, on the way through the checkpoint, they uh, they scanned my bag and and they saw the the gold coins, and they said. Hey, whose bag is this? And I said, "That's mine," uh, with a big smile on my face. And and they looked at me kind of <laughs> weird, like, "Do you have some gold coins in here, or some? Do you have some coins in here?" I said, "Yeah, I've got some gold coins." And uh, so they they were happy. They were like so like happy to you know catch somebody with something, you know, like those those evil gold coin holders, you know. Seriously. Uh, that be, but they were, you know, happy like they, they were able to do something because normally they're just looking at crap and, and uh, they don't know what the hell it is and they just let it everything go through, right? So, right. <laughs> so they saw, you know, big chunks of metal in my bag and they were like, you know, happy they found something and so of course they, you know, pulled me aside and uh, put my opened my bag up and they're looking at the gold coins. They opened the bag with the gold coins and they're looking at them like cool let me get you the sh- manager over here you should have told them they were bitcoins yeah so so the manager comes over and he's like oh okay you got some some coins in there that's neat and everybody's attitude is just kind of happy and, and chipper it's just really it's just really weird you know like why are you so happy to see somebody else's money like, <laughs> you know, like i don't i don't understand because like, they're about to confiscate it <laughs> yeah i was like okay so the manager says, where, where are you going? I'm like, um, Arizona. The United like, oh. States of America. He's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess he's not going international. I guess when you're done, let him go. And she changed her attitude. She's like, huh? Like, like I did good. I, I cut that. <laughs> and, and, and now you're just going to let him go? And she's like, you know, like that, that puppy dog look, you know? like huh? Yeah. Tilted head sideways, like what? Huh? I don't. I don't. Know. What's going on? Where's the treat? <laughs> you know? I've trained so long at the academy for this. I finally get to bust yeah. somebody. Oh man, it was it was such a weird experience, you know. I was like, and then and then she kept touching them and opening the bag and touching them and then closing it and then she opened it again and then she saw the envelopes. And in the envelopes, I had a whole bunch of. She said, "What's in the envelopes?" And I said, "Dollar, dollar bills, Federal Reserve notes." What? Dollar bills, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I thought she said something else. Like, no, like, yeah, dollar bills. Like, so she started opening those. Like, wow, there's a lot of money here. Get the manager back over here. Manager <laughs> over. Oh, yeah, that's that's. There's some money in those envelopes. All right. Um, so. Where's this going to? Like my my parents, I already told you that. 
are they are you gonna go to Vegas or something? I said, Well, if my parents want to, they can go to Vegas. But I don't think they're going to. So yeah, it's just, you know, Christmas with my parents. And uh so then he's like, Oh, well, same thing. I guess uh, you know, when you're done, let him go. And she was still like she was in shock. Like, what is going on? Like, why can't we harass this person more? <laughs> so she kept me there for another five minutes looking at it, looking at the gold coins again, and let me go. And I was like, cool, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, I got on the plane. Everything was fine after that. Um, now, let, let me ask you one uh, a quick, like, middle middle follow-up question. Um, were, were you answering honestly to avoid further scrutiny or because it didn't matter? I would, like, I wouldn't I answer. Just, okay. I, I was answering honestly because that's – what I was doing and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, there's no reason for them to stop me. That's so. true. So you, you yeah. felt safe, right? Cause like if, if it were me, I, I don't, I don't answer know questions. what else I would have said. I, I would have, I mean, I could have said, yeah, I'm going to Vegas because that's what the, like the default answer is. Right. Yeah. Because that's what's expected. Right. But it could um, also have no, been um, none say, of your business. Oh, yeah. I'm not answering questions. True, but that would that that would be more like a, a invitation, almost not literally, but uh, for being harassed more. Right, that's like, why I'm oh, asking. This guy's this guy's being a smartass. So you know, and I, of course, I don't want to be a smartass to them. I just want to go. You know, okay. <laughs> my my purpose yeah. of going through TSA wasn't to cause a problem. Uh, it was to yeah. go visit my family. That's the that's the fucking that's you know I'm I'm not I'm on the same page as you. And I, I can guarantee that in the situation, I would have acted like a hundred percent the way you did. Um, and I've got a trip upcoming too, that, that you're aware of and going through TSA, I will probably do exactly what you would have done and what you did in that situation. Um, but it eats at me. It eats at my soul every time to do it because, you know, in the back of my mind, I go, that's how they get you. That's exactly, <laughs> that's, that's why the TSA, you know, is what it is and expanding at nonstop because everybody that gets processed through that line just wants to get to where they're wanting to go. Right. Right. And then, and so to, to, to raise any sort of like, you know, hell or, you know, any sort like, you know, the op, the opt out movement or the, we will not fly movement that like came and went cause just no one's willing to support it. Um, because it's so much easier, you know, to get x-rayed, to get, you know, uh, cancer scanned, you know, to, to answer their questions and like, just please just do whatever you want, take whatever you want. Just let me, I just want to get on my plane, you know? And, and if, you know, and there's no, there's no more movement behind that. Um, and I'm complicit. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like MC, you should have done it this way. It's just, it's, and I've I've seen people irritating every time do it the other way. Um, and it's, from what I've seen, like, you know, the, the person says, okay, I'm opting out. And then they say, okay, uh, somebody's opting out. And then they take them through separately. And it's not usually a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it is. And sometimes, you know, people, you know, make it into a big deal. And then, you know, it's a big, you know, it, I mean, if for people who want to do that, that's, that's fine. I don't care. I don't care about either party yeah. really, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't see it going away anytime soon. Um, 
it's just it's just weird you know it's like it's like the terrorists won they've you yeah. know increased our our travel time by you know five extra minutes or whatever it is to get to the tsa line uh <laughs> you know, well like, in, in certain airports in, in other airports it's like hours extra right i mean they just you, they back people up and they hold people up and yeah so, sometimes um my experience has been pretty minimal uh impact yeah. on that but and i, I and again i'm just going to say that i think that's part of because it's like the honolulu airport right it's right an, right and it, it could be that but yeah. you know i went through colorado springs airport and uh the phoenix airport and okay st louis and like when when i lived in washington Puerto Rico. I, I, I flew out of like the spokane airport and there's only like three terminals <laughs> oh, so, yeah. so TS, tsa was like it was us and then like you know three other dudes in you know in line behind us you know <laughs> it just they didn't process that many you know many people through yeah so i think you know most of the time it's not a big deal but sometimes it is and yeah it's i yeah i don't have i don't have anything else to say about it it was it was it was an experience it was weird you know the reaction from people was weird yeah and uh I'm glad it didn't become a thing because we had, you know, we, we had our private conversation ahead of time and I, I was concerned because they could have easily made it a thing. Like if, if, if the person who initially handled you had been, you know, the same demeanor or if the manager had had the same demeanor as the person who handled you, right. right. Then it, then it would have been, you know, even worse, right? Like, right. Oh no, we need to call the, the police. We need to call the FBI because we're not sure how to handle this, right? This is right, out right. of our, we need someone with expertise in this area to come take a look right. before we let you move forward, you know, and, and then I, and you know, make it out to be that's, a thing. That's one of the things that, that has happened is that they are more experienced than they were, you know, right when they started. And so I think that kind of thing happens less now just because it's happened enough. And, uh, you know, like like I said, the manager knew what, what yeah. to do in that situation. Um, so it wasn't a big deal. I'll say there's one of the funniest things that I saw. Um, it, it wasn't me. It was like the lady in line in front of me. And I was like, you know, it, it, again, it like crosses my mind to do it. And I go, Nope, fucking not going to do it. Just going to, just going to get on my plane and get the hell out of here. Um, but the, the, um, the lady in front of me goes like, uh, I'd like to opt out. And then right after she said that, um, uh, before she had the opportunity to like, to, to, you know go through the machine the machine broke uh like the cancer scan the cancer scan i don't know what to call it, the mri whatever you know the yeah yeah the big spinny one um yeah, the scanner yeah but what, what kind of scanner is it it's like an mri it's not an x-ray because the more metal detector because you know whatever either way um so that thing broke down and so they're like okay well turn on the metal detector and we'll, we'll like move everyone through the metal detector <laughs> as he goes Oh, and I'll just go through that. And they're like, no, ma'am, you have already opted out. Please step aside for your secondary <laughs> processing. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh, man, good thing. Good, good thing so, that wasn't me. So on my way back, I went through the the scanner thing and and uh, from ex- extra dose of cancer uh, causing radiation or whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really worried about it, honestly. But... Um, so the thing, <laughs> and I wish I would have done this, because it 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 
it focused on my uh, my crotch area, and and he, he told me now turn around and look at the picture. That's that's what I'm looking for. Okay. And it was like a rectangle right over my crotch. And I'm like, and I really wish I would have yelled at, "Hey everybody, this machine depicted my my dick is a is a rectangle. I'm a you know, <laughs> I'm really disturbed about that. You know, like made a big deal about it. You know, it's more <laughs> like, trapezoidal everybody, at the top. Everybody, I do not have a rectangle dick, all right? <laughs> you know, other people would be offended if, if it actually showed their penis, you know? Yeah. I, I'm more offended that it made me look like I had a rectangle dick. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so they, so he's so he's like, you know, okay, do you want to do this in, in private or do you want to do it here? Like, man, I don't care. Like, this is just stupid, you know? <laughs> He's like, well, you know the reason why we do this is because, uh, uh, because of the underwear bomber, and I'm like, you're serious, you're serious, <laughs> you know. Like, Did he give him know the you website? You didn't catch that guy, right? You know you didn't catch him, right? <laughs> That's always been the case, security theater, because every every time someone gets through, right, they go, oh shit, we missed it. Now we got to check for that, but no one's gonna do that again. Right, they're gonna they're gonna come up yeah. with new innovative ways to get through, or doesn't even have to be that innovative, right? Like like right. how much how many stories come out with what the TSA actually misses, um, you know, and, and in their own tests. So you could you could probably just slide it on by. I remember um, there was one time, like I again I I want to say I want I in my heart of hearts I want to say because it's like. Um, you know, the, the Hawaii airports. Um, but a few years ago, like I think 2013 ish, um, I, I had to fly to the big Island, another Island. We do the show from Oahu. I had to fly to another Island, um, to pick up my son from the airport and then bring him back to Oahu. Like he wasn't, they didn't, they didn't trust him flying alone. Cause he, I think he was on like seven at the time, seven or eight. Um, so like, Oh yeah, we're, you're going to fly there. They're going to drop him off at the airport and then you're going to fly back through. Right. So like, you know, when, when we left Oahu, I went through, you know, the, the TSA and all that stuff. Um, and I filled up my water bottle, um, you know, to, to have some, something to drink on the plane. And then we got to the, you know, the other airport and then I had to exit the airport, um, you know, with my full water bottle, you know, or you know, minus a couple of sips. And then when we went back through, like I never bothered to empty it out. Right. And I went, Oh shit. I forgot to empty. I was thinking about, it. Oh shit. I forgot to empty out my water bottle. Um, but no, just fucking scanned it right back through the other way. <laughs> not a care in the world. I'm like, damn, I think I just got away with something. You know, like not not something major, not something big. I wasn't carrying weapons or anything like that. Um, but they make a big deal out of like, you know, the two ounce or the three ounce limit. And here I was with like, you know, a, li- a, a liter of, of water uh, that could have been anything. Uh, and they, they just, they missed it on the rescan because I don't know, because who cares, right? Um, so if, if it was something other than water, right, that you could easily have gotten that smuggled through even the underwear bomber. Your thoughts? Yeah. I thought the underwear bomber was a, was a bad example. Or the of, shoe bomber. Yeah. Both, both, you know, failures of course. And yeah, and, I think yeah. one thing is interesting to me, um, not not with TSA, but like I I end up in court more often than I want to, um, so I end up going through like their metal detectors, and I think I'm I'm in a unique position now 
if I wanted to, to like smuggle weapons into the courtroom. Because security there is lazy. And so I walk, you know, I, I, I walk with a cane when I'm not at work. Um, I'm going to have like, you know, my little, I got my little handicap placard, uh, you know, for that. Um, but I get to the courthouse and they see the cane, they see me come and I put everything on the belt. And then since they're just metal detectors, you know, I, I just go like, you know, I've got metal in my leg, right? Like I, there's a rod in my leg. I'm going to set this thing off like every time. Um, but the last time I was there, you know, they, they saw the cane, they saw, I went, I have metal in my leg and they just waved me through like nothing, you know? I was like, damn, that's kind of dangerous, right? Because if I didn't have metal in my leg, or even if I did have metal in my leg, if I strapped like, you know, uh, like a boot, you know, a boot knife, or even like a, a small caliber pistol around my leg, they don't lift my pants to check. They don't even want me anymore. You know, they just go like, oh, come right in there. We, we see the cane and we see the metal and, you know, seems safe to me. Um, and again, not that I'm going to do anything like that, but just, you know, just again to illustrate uh, how things are security theater. Um, and, you know, this is supposed to be like, you know, the, the safest places, right? You know, can't get through TSA without even, you know, uh, uh, four ounces of liquid, uh, let alone things that can take down an airplane or you go into the courtroom. And it's supposed to be like, nope, this this is only only the good guys can carry weapons in here. And we, you know, we usher them in through the side door. So you're safe. Uh, you're safe in here because we take away everyone else's weapon. But no, no, they don't. Or no, they couldn't um, because it would be easy easy for me to do it and i have no intention of you know bringing harm to anybody but if you did like here's a way you could do it you know what i mean um so yeah just just frustration with the tsa and frustration with security in general because it is it's just it's another control mechanism that doesn't actually prevent what they're trying to prevent right it's just you know another 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 money grab another tax grab um and another way to like cow people in line. That's all I got. Alrighty then. Do we have some headlines to go over? Uh, we do, but I want to discuss one thing first because um, here, uh, usually when you get on the show, MC, like we're gonna have some like crypto talk. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some kind of Bitcoin, something or other. Um, and we, you know, because of that, I just, I haven't brought anything up really over the past couple of weeks, uh, doing the show with M, but, uh, my moped broke down yet again. Um, uh, and, and so I, I took it, uh, to the moped shop, you know, and after I said, like, here's what's wrong, you know, here's just, go, you know, go ahead and fix it. Like the manager of the shop, uh, pulls me off the side and it's been like, it's been a few months, you know, since, since I've been in, in the shop for other things. Um, uh, but he's like rich. Like, yeah, what's up? What's up, Aaron? He's like, that Bitcoin thing you mentioned the last time you were here. <laughs> Tell me more about it because you were the first person to mention it to me, and now everyone is talking to me about it. Um, but he's like, but because you brought it up to me first, I wanted, I wanted, you know, to to go through you. Uh, to get more info, I'm like, well, I'm not an expert, man, but you know, I'll I'll tell you what I can. Um, and I gave him my quick little rundown. He's like, you know, what should I do first? It's like, put up a sign that says this shop takes Bitcoin, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then find a way to go get yourself some. Um, and then you know, so, so we're gonna have a discussion on that. Um, but I just, yeah, I just thought it was 
interesting again you know you know call it a bubble call it you know call it what you want um but interest is definitely growing uh beyond the people that would normally take an interest in it because he you know he's a small business owner you know he was asking me like you know the tax implications i'm like i don't i don't know enough about that but here's my suggestion uh to you if you know if, if that's your concern and i understand your concern as a small business owner um but it's definitely it's definitely spreading beyond, um, like I said, the the you know the the, the anarchists, the agorists, you know the the off worlders, um, in into more mainstream where people like you know a small business owner who runs a you know a, a small engine repair shop, right is is now not only aware of it but actively getting interested in it in some form or fashion, um, and again, bubble or not. Uh, because you know my 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 belief in Bitcoin is more about um, the community and what it can do to 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 truly live uh, the anarchist experience, regardless of what the price is at. Um, I think the more people that get involved, uh, the better. So that's all I had to share. Um, if if you have any thoughts on that or, or comments on on where that's going, uh, go for it. Okay. So what do you want me to comment on? Um, just if, if you have, you know, just the, the, the rapid growth of interest in Bitcoin, um, you know, beyond, beyond again, the, the smaller communities that were originally interested in it, right? Like the, the people yeah. like asking for wide adoption, um, and getting like, you know, grandma and grandpa interested in Bitcoin. Um, I think we're, we're approaching maybe not grandma and grandpa, but definitely expanding beyond, um, a small little group of like, you know, internet anarchists. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I have lots of thoughts on that. And I, and I told a friend yesterday, uh, he was, he was interested in buying some and, and I said, you know, it's not for everybody, you know, um, for one thing, some people don't have any idea how to secure their, uh, cryptos and do crazy things like taking screenshots of their, their uh backup passphrase yeah and yeah so yeah there's lots of ways to steal crypto um it's it's pretty hard to uh guess guess a uh, a wallet's backup code um almost impossible people are trying it right now um but it's it's really easy for people to make stupid mistakes with them so um yeah so i would say it's not for everybody um and in some day these you know wild swings will slow down and it won't be as interesting anymore and so all the people who don't really care will not have any um so it'll be so bitcoin is more like more like gold where people that like it will have it and people don't have any use for it probably won't um and but that that doesn't mean you know bitcoin isn't the only one so there's there's lots of other ideas coming out uh rapidly there's thousands of coins with thousands of different uses uses and and so those might appeal to people more and uh and some of those might be backed by different services and and so you could have things like uh uh loss prevention and stuff like that in case somebody steals your your password and uh so so there's there's going to be more services that that people are going to be able to use to transact uh that are more 
user friendly, I should say, um, and not necessarily as as private. Uh, like if you want privacy, Monero is a great option. But if if you want uh, ease of use, there's there's lots of others that that might be better. But I'm not going to talk about those because I have uh, a different view than than most people. Um, uh, I got into Monero because I believe what you know what it was possible to do with it, and I think it's important. And so the, all the other ones, the service-based tokens, they're just kind of weird to me. And everything's booming right now, and that's why people are getting interested in it. And that you know eventually we're going to have a bear market. And everybody's going to be upset with, with the uh, cryptos, and, and then they're going to call <laughs> for a government regulation. Like, well, you didn't need government regulation to get in it. Why do you need the government regulation to get out of it? You know, like, <laughs> uh, because that's what people do. That's what people yeah. do about net neutrality. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle of a of a Facebook quote unquote discussion argument, whatever. Um, on, uh, you know, feminism and fair wage laws because Iceland just did a thing where like, oh no, we're going to find companies who, who pay in inequitably between genders. Um, yeah. people, people, people will always reach out for the gun of the state when they don't know how to solve their problems, you know, peacefully, yeah. respectfully, um, and nonviolently. It's yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Women don't know how to ask for a raise. And so... <laughs> So we must get the government involved because it's not fair because, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, and you know, I, I don't want it's, – it's definitely more complex than just like women don't know how to ask for a raise. Um, yeah. But it's, it's definitely more than just like, you know, companies being greedy and, and you know, misogynistic, right? Right. And, and, and to reduce it down but, to something more simpler than that is unnecessary. If if you want the simplest explanation for why they pay people what they do, the simplest one is because they can. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for them to give you more money if they think you will stay for less. So, like, that's that's it. It has nothing to do with male or female or, you know, whatever. It's what they right. think they can get out of you. They, that's, that's what the deal is. Um, and if you don't like it, you should find somewhere else to work. Right. Um, but but if you're a female and you hear that, right, the reaction is then, well, if that's the case, then we must have the government enforce it uh, so that they can't pay me as little as they want to. Um, they must pay me what I want them to pay me, um, even though I'm not going to ask for that much yeah, and they may women, not give it to me. Okay. In that argument, they, do, they don't even know how much they want. And that's part of the problem. All they want is what their neighbor has. And that's a really flawed way of looking at things, you know. Yeah, like I said, I, com- I never complex once, issue. I never once like looked at the at the guy sitting next to me at work and like, oh man, he's he's making so much more money than me. I, you know, I I should get that. You know, I looked at it as like this is how much I'm worth, and like if if I think I'm worth more, then I I should go ask for more. And if I you know don't think it's enough, then I should quit. You know, it's it's really simple. It's uh, I I I don't really understand why. Uh, I guess the the concept of of I guess fairness is really important for lefties, and I think more females are lefties. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, it's 
life isn't really about fair. It's <laughs> it it, but uh, it's not it's not impossible to get what you want. So yeah, you have to yeah. figure out what you want, and then when you get it, be thankful for it. You know, <laughs> right, right. But it, but if how you're getting it is using the state to enforce wage laws, whether it's you know uh, uh, gender pay gaps uh, or minimum wage, then I take issue with the how. Right. Yeah. Like course. I don't. I don't care what your goal is, but I take issue with the 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 uh, methods and the means that you go about to attain those goals more yeah. than I care about the goal themselves. Yeah. Um, let but, me let me ask you they, a person. Go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. I was gonna, let me ask you a personal question because this comes up a lot, and I know my dad had you know his own beliefs on it, and I kind of I think I side with him when when we talk about um, what what your neighbor is making. Right. Like my dad would never tell me or anyone like how much he made. Um, and I don't, I've never asked my coworkers how much they make. Um, but when they ask me how much I make, I'm not, I'm not shy about sharing that either. Cause I don't care. Right. Like if they go, Oh, I'll make you more than that. Whatever. Good, good job negotiating for, for better pay. Yeah. Than me. <laughs> 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 um, but what, what, what is, uh, what, what is your take on that with, with coworkers, you know, like, are trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and checking in on your pay. Like you tell I, them I, or do you just, I generally go with the flow. Like if I'm in, if I'm in a social environment where it's not uh, acceptable uh, to do that, then I don't. And if I am in an environment where everybody wants to know and everybody is competing with each other, uh, then I will tell them. Um, okay. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit difficult. So my last job, there were some people that were getting paid a lot less, but it's I think it was because they were socially awkward, or they didn't know the market they were in, and that's and that's half of it. Is if you don't know what you're worth, how can you possibly get what what the people that do know what they're worth is right? Right. Um. And so, you know, you shouldn't get upset when somebody else is making more than you. You should figure out how they do it and and then do that, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've seen it happen multiple times. I've helped, I've coached people on how to do that, and it's worked. And, um, and yeah, so, I, you know, I don't see all those problems that, that people are making up for excuses for government to get involved. I just, like, they, they're, they're in people's heads, right? The limitations are are not real <laughs> yes self-imposed right limiting beliefs if you're into that sort of like terminology right i will also i will also share this i think i might have shared it on the show before you know you talk about like what you're worth and whatever and i i work a bunch of like part-time jobs and you know side hustles and all that other fun stuff um but i like i i texted uh one boss you know like because it at one point in time like one of my jobs was like the highest hourly rate that I was getting across the board. Um, and then a couple of the other jobs like gave me raises, which put like this job down at the bottom of the list as far as like where I'd prefer to spend my time. Um, and so I texted my boss. I'm like, so, and I didn't ask for a raise, right? Like I didn't, I didn't put it out there like, Hey, I want to raise, you know, just because, right. I asked, I asked the question, you know, what would you need from me? Like, what what do I have to do for you uh, to earn the wage that I'm asking for? So it was like, you know, what do I need to do to to you know to to get to get paid twenty bucks an hour? 
Like if, if you say you got to be available like seven days a week and after hours and, you know, do all this other stuff, I'm like, okay. Right. Then, then I can assess whether or not I have the, the desire and capability to do those additional things, um, or not. Right. Like, you know, like your question, MC, you know, how do you, how do you know what you're worth if you don't even know how people are getting there? Um, so I, I said like, what do I have to do? And, and the response I got back was, um, there's no one that makes that much and we don't offer that much at all. Like it's not even, it's not even a thing. It's not even an attainable goal. And, you know, so I dropped it. I went, well, all right then, you know, <laughs> you will continue to get the least amount of hours that I have available because I'm going to give, you know, the, the hours to the people that can. And, you know, the, the leftovers uh, of what I got, you know, is, is what I make available for you then. And I, you know, that's, that's kind of where it was and that's just where it was at. Um, but I think, I, I think it was a different come from as opposed to, you know, I deserve this um, simply because, you know, uh, simply because, you know, I've, I've been here longer or, you know, I'm doing more, right. Cause I'm not like, I do the same thing I did last year. And I, that was the same thing I did the year before, you know, I don't, I don't do anything different. Um, and if they want to do, you know, like, a um, you know, a cost of living increase, you know, by all means, you know, if, if they start, you know, if their sales team, um, starts getting additional work, right. And that could have been an option. Right. That could have been, you know, a, th- a throwback at me and I could still make that offer is, well, let me let me give more hours, um, but also do some of the, the sales side of things and the presentations um, and, you know, and clean up my look a little bit if I desire to do so to to be more presentable to those clients um, and then maybe get a, a commission, you know, for the sales that I bring in on top of my you know regular hourly wage. And that could have been the answer to like, how do you make, you know, how do you make what you're asking? Right. So I think it's important, you know, for, um, you know, people on the lower, lower uh, end of that wage spectrum and, you know, the, the people, the, the females suffering from the, the gender pay gap, um, to find out, you know, what, what it is that you bring to the table that you deserve to make more than what you're currently making. Right. If you're, if you're just expecting, like you said, if you're just expecting the company to pay you more just because, or using the state to force them to pay you more, um, just because you think you're worth it, well, then you're missing the bigger picture. I, I wonder what they think about the male porn stars that get paid, you know, pennies on the dollar compared to the females. Seriously. They, they would never bring that example up. Um, I remember seeing that too. Like women make like a few thousand dollars per scene and men make a few hundred dollars per scene. And a, of course, I think what would what they would say is, "Oh yeah, well everybody should be paid the same." But I, you know, how how would that work? Does that mean we have to drop the females' pay down to the males' yeah. level, or bring the males up to the females? Like I'm just, uh, you know, how I I don't think the government's smart enough to figure that out. Like what people should be paid. I think that would make a lefty's head explode because they want females to make the same amount as men, which means that the female porn stars would get a pay cut. <laughs> and then by like, oh no, now they're making now they're making less. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's just weird, weird. Sorry, weird argument. Sorry, Icelandic porn stars. The law dictates that you have to get paid as much as the men now. Um, so so now now by law we must pay you less. It's an interesting thought. I didn't even consider that. Um, I do have, we, we can get into headlines. I do have one um, on crypto, Bitcoin, and Monero. If you want to, do you want to start there? 
or any other. Start wherever. Okay. Headlines. Criminals drop Bitcoin for Monero. No way. Ah, We'll get into it. Uh, Headline. FDA approval should be a suggestion, not a requirement. Uh, Headline. How the lack of consent has made us all victims. Headline. Elgin man told to stop slumber parties for homeless during cold, he says. Uh, headline, New Zealanders build island in bid to avoid alcohol ban. Oh, man, these are so good. How much time do we have? Uh, headline, okay, now they're, now they're not as good. Headline, uh, why are power windows allowed? And finally, headline, a damning report shows Pentagon is actively poisoning millions of Americans and covering it up. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll jump into the Bitcoin one because it, it would have been a nice segue uh, had we not gotten into the weeds a little bit there. Uh, criminals drop Bitcoin for Monero. As you said, MC, uh, Bitcoin is losing its luster with some of its earliest and most avid fans, criminals, giving rise to a new breed of virtual currency. Privacy coins, such as Monero, designed to avoid tracking have climbed faster over the past two months as law enforcers adopt software tools to monitor people using Bitcoin. Uh, A slew of analytic firms such as Chain Analysis are getting better at flagging digital hordes linked to crime or money laundering, alerting exchanges, and preventing conversion into traditional cash. Uh, The European Union's law enforcement agency Europol raised alarms three months ago, writing in a report that other cryptocurrencies such as Monero, Ethereum, and Zcash are gaining popularity within the digital underground. Uh, Online extortionists who use ransomware to lock victims' computers until they fork over a payment have begun demanding those currencies instead. Uh, On December 18th, hackers attacked up to 190,000 WordPress sites per hour, to get them to produce Monero, according to security company WordFence. Uh, for ransomware attacks, Monero is now one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Uh, Matt Switch, founder of Dubai-based security firm Komai Technologies, said in a phone interview. Uh, in Monero's case, criminals are snapping it up because Bitcoin's underlying technology can work against them. Uh, called Blockchain, the digital ledger meticulously records which addresses send and receive transactions, Uh, including the exact time and amount. Great data to use as evidence. Match an address to a crime and then watch the Bitcoin universe carefully and you can see the funds disappear and reappear in other locations. Uh, Started in 2014, Monero is very different. It encrypts the recipient's address on its blockchain and generates fake addresses to obscure the real sender. It also obscures the amount of the transaction. Uh, The techniques are so potent that software that flags coins suspected of being obtained through crime now tag just about anything converted into or out of uh, Monero as a high risk, according to Pavel Kuskowski, uh, chief executive officer of CoinFirm, which helps exchanges and other companies avoid tainted money. Uh, That compares with only about 10% of Bitcoin, he said. Uh, End of the article. So your thoughts, MC, uh, we, we know you're a big, uh, uh, you know, all in on Monero or, uh, you know, bullish, bullish on Monero. Uh, but your thoughts on the, the criminal underbelly uh, using it now uh, instead of Bitcoin to, to do their dastardly deeds. Well, mostly criminals by far um, still use cash in the banking system 
Federal Reserve has it, notes. Has has it already existed? Um, of course, there is uh, you know a war on cash, and um, I think that's sad and unnecessary. Um, but to to me, the the bigger issue is well, right right now, and and it's been like this for a long time. The drug war, it's it's a fraud, and. Uh, trying to justify the you know the government's existence uh using the drug war uh I, I think it's a really bad bad reason to have government and so if they really were concerned about uh black markets and terrorists using uh alternate currencies and stuff like that then the thing they should do first is end the drug war because then they could use all the resources they have to you know find actual terrorists instead of uh people that want to feel better um so yeah it's uh the 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 whole government uh doesn't act appropriately so um i hope i hope they lose in everything they try to do um so until that day um you know we've got we still still got cash and uh still got monero still got bitcoin and uh yeah, hopefully more people will I think I think they already are uh pretty much on our side especially with the uh the, the latest debate about uh Jeff Sessions and and uh him trying to make it illegal again for all all states to have marijuana medically or otherwise um so or in, even in way, CBD good, oil apparently. Yeah, yeah, that and uh they're trying to stop kratom. Um, yeah, it's just it's just they're they're so ah it's so evil. <laughs> they're just wrong, and they and and they they pay themselves to uh, to do things, so they they justify that, and and that's that's how they justify their right because they're getting paid to do it. So, I think one of the more interesting aspects of the article was the down at the bottom. Where you know the the software flags just about any anything that gets traded into and out of Monero, right? And I think that could, you know depend depending on how big everything gets, right? Like right now it's probably you know like a, a handful of guys in an office somewhere in Virginia, right? Like monitoring this stuff. Um, but depending on how big it gets, it could turn into something that's uh, too overwhelming to be effective, right? Um, like the, you know, we, we uh, we've t- I don't know how much we've talked about in the past, but like, you know, in, in England and London, um, they, they, they have so many security cameras, um, that there's, there's no way to monitor all of them. And most of them don't even work. They're just there, you know, kind of as the, um, what, what's that thing that the panopticon, right? They're, they're there. So people think they're on camera. Um, and so they behave a certain way, even though the camera may not even be on, um, or the NSA right here, here in the United States, right. Where, you know, people are concerned that they collect so much data on everything and everyone and all of it. But how useful is that data? If all it is, if all it is, is being stored now, don't get me, I'm not saying that it's a good thing, right. I'm not supporting the, those tactics. Um, but I'm saying that they have so much to sort through at that point. Um, that it's just, it's, it's overwhelming from any sort of like cost or realistically you know realistic perspective so if you're flagging if they're flagging like every monero transaction uh because it could be related to you know to to drugs uh or criminal activity 
um, there's there's no way to like to sort through that to you know e- to even trace it where they go oh they got Monero where'd that come from you know they're they're gonna hunt down every Monero user at that point to to to, to investigate uh, whether or not it's you know just uh, you know regular crypto trading or regular crypto purchases versus uh, drug dealing. Like no, it's just it's gonna over it's gonna be another thing that overwhelms the system uh, to the point where it's you know functionally useless, uh, even though scary to 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 think about. MC. Well, yeah, the government is pretty much useless. You know, every every day I get I, I see posts about uh, the, the police doing things that are just just you know immoral and wrong yeah. and and then they don't even get fired for it so yeah but that's more than useless that's like harmful and detrimental right. to to you know society as a whole right and that, and that's why i said until until you get better laws you can't get a better government and so that's probably not going to happen so better it's better to try to avoid government you know totally um you know whether whether or not it still exists in people's minds or not, um, it's better to uh, stay away from that. <laughs> you know, e- either being involved with it or or uh, being affected by it. Um, yeah. So, in a way, like I said, I think it's it's a good thing that Jeff Sessions is out there making a fool out of himself. He's not in touch with the the public at all and uh, <laughs> reality. Yeah. All right, moving on then. Um, sure. All right, what did I want to? This one was fun. I want to do this one too before before we run out of time here. New Zealanders build island in a bid to avoid alcohol ban. A group of New Zealanders constructed a sand island in coastal waters, seemingly in a creative attempt to avoid a ban on drinking in public places. The group built this structure at low tide in a Tairua estuary on the Coromandel Peninsula on Sunday afternoon, report said. Then they installed a picnic table and icebox for drinks. Locals joked that they were in international waters and thus exempt from an official liquor ban. The group drank into the night on New Year's Eve, watching the fireworks reporting New Zealand website stuff.co.nz and the construction was still intact on Monday morning. Uh, a ban on public drinking is in force in Coromandel over the New Year period, and those violating the ban face a fine of $250 uh, or arrest. But authorities seem to be taking the initiative in light-hearted spirit. That's creative thinking. If I had known about it, I probably would have joined them, said local police commander Inspector John Kelly when told about the Sand Island. Uh, Mr. Saunders... Uh, told the BBC, it was great to see some Kiwis having a bit of fun, uh, but a well-known community organizer, Naughty Watts, said the ban was not working and was simply resulting in swaths of arrests. He said <laughs> that police were dealing with drunk teens. Seems like the ban was working. Okay, anyway, that's not what they are there for. That's what parents are there for, he said, according to the New Zealand Herald. Uh, the police said St. John's was getting frustrated with the result and said it has to change, said Mr. Watts, according to the New Zealand Herald. Uh, end of the article. So your thoughts, MC, on uh, creative ways uh, to avoid uh, stupid laws uh, and, and the effects of those bad laws. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how many times have I said prohibition doesn't work? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Every episode we bring it up. Yeah. It's, uh, 
simply resulting in swaths of of arrests. Um, that's that's the again the whole drug war is that's all it does. Like it doesn't stop anybody. Like it doesn't even stop people in prison. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Those are always the funniest ones, right? Like, you know, the, the point gets made like, oh, no, we're, if you can't even keep drugs out of prison, how are you going to keep them off the streets, right? You got the most locked down places on the planet where, you know, you, where you're not allowed to like cough uh, without dropping your pants first, um, you know, to, to, to check for drugs and people find a way to get them in. And a lot of times they're, you know, smuggled in with the assistance of prison guards who get, you know, don't get paid uh, to, to look the other way. Not, neither here nor there, good on them. Um, but if you can't even keep them out of the prisons, how are you going to keep them off the streets? And what good is it, um, you know, to, to harass uh, teens and younger people, um, you know, for, for nonsense like this? Right on. Next. Unless, unless, of course, the goal, right, is just like, you know, the goal of schooling to, to uh, ingrain that mentality into them. Uh, where they don't, where they always, you know, they, they, they always look towards authority and stay in line and, you know, like I said, get cattle called, uh, like sheep through life, right. You know, birth, birth to death, government intervention in their lives. And it just becomes accepted, uh, because they, they have no real way to, to differentiate, um, what is versus what's possible, um, because they just know like, oh no, that's, that's the, that's the authority figure, uh, in my life. Um, and therefore, I must do what they say. Anything else? Yeah, dumb dumb laws are dumb. Let's uh, move on. All right. Well, here's another dumb law. Then this one's this one's not as funny, but maybe more infuriating. Uh, Elgin man told to slop, stop. Excuse me. Elgin man told to stop slumber parties for homeless during cold. He says. Uh, a suburban Chicago resident who is offering up quote-unquote slumber parties in his basement for homeless people in his neighborhood during dangerously cold weather said city officials have given him an ultimatum. Stop the slumber parties or the house will be condemned. Uh, Greg Schiller of Elgin said he began letting a group of homeless people sleep in his unfinished basement last month during brutally cold nights, offering them food, warm beverages, and a cot to sleep on while watching movies. Uh, I would stay all up. All, I would stay up all night with them and give them coffee and stuff and feed them. He said, adding that no drugs or alcohol were allowed inside his residence during the evening's events. Uh, last winter, Schiller offered up his garage to area homeless, uh, but said he was told he could no longer do so after EMTs were called to help a man with a heart condition. Uh, that's when he had the idea to move them into the basement, complete with all activities needed to consider the, them simply slumber parties. Uh, Schiller believes believed city code allowed for slum, slumber parties, but officials said there are sleeping regulations for basements, and Schiller's basement does not meet those requirements. Uh, while we appreciate those who volunteer to provide additional resources in the community, Mr. Schiller's house does not comply with codes and regulations that guard against potential dangers, such as Carbon monoxide poisoning, inadequate light and ventilation, and insufficient exit in the event of a fire, city spokesperson Molly Center said in a statement. Uh, Schiller said city officials and police officers came to his home with a warrant Tuesday and went into the basement. There, he said, they found his ceiling height too low and windows too high and too small to be an egress. Uh, they shut me down and said I have 24 hours to return my basement to storage and take down I have several cots with sleeping bags for everybody, or they'll condemn the house. 
Uh, Center confirmed that Schiller was given 24 hours to clear the basement in an email statement, adding, if not, the city will take additional enforcement action to compel the removal of the unlawful basement sleeping area. Uh, Officials had earlier threatened citations for other violations of his home, which is owned by Schiller's girlfriend, including a broken window, a fold-up trailer on the property, and a portable toilet he had set up for the group to use, Schiller said. Uh, I'm trying to help these people get out of the cold, he told NBC5. There's not a lot of help for them as far as places to lay their heads. Uh, Schiller said he only opened the basement when an area shelter wasn't available. He noted that some shelters in the area require homeless to meet a specific set of criteria, and others only open when temperatures reach a certain level. Uh, PADS of Elgin, P-A-D-S, an acronym, I don't know what it stands for, of Elgin confirmed that there are requirements to be eligible uh, for their services, but declined to specify what the criteria included. Uh, As emergency shelter at First First United Methodist Church of Elgin, operated by the organization, Matthew 2540 opens when the temperature outside is 15 degrees or less. Uh, Schiller said he hosted his slumber parties when wind chill values were 15 degrees or less, but would not offer up the basement if the emergency shelter was open. Uh, it's cold enough to freeze to death, he said. Matthew 20, 2540 did not immediately respond to NBC Chicago's request for comment Tuesday. Elgin has lawful shelters that provides a safe place for people to go throughout the year. Center said in a statement, in times of extreme temperature, temporary locations open within the community that all conform to regulation and codes. Uh, the city also noted there is a woman's shelter and other facilities around the area where people can go. Uh, full list on the city's website. Temperature Tuesdays in Elgin were forecast to reach a high only 6 degrees, meaning area shelters should open. They aren't expected to warm above the threshold again until this weekend when they could rise back up to upper 20s. It's not clear if the shelter plants remain open. Schiller said that while he does plan to stop hosting uh, his slumber parties, he's working to find other options for taking care of homeless he now knows so well. Somebody's going to die, he said. Uh, so your thoughts, MC, again, on more useless uh, state intervention with people actually trying to help uh, other community members. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when faced with freezing to death or uh, being um, caught in a, in a house fire, uh, I'd, I'd probably take my chances with the house fire. Um, if the government wanted to do anything, I'd, I think instead of banning them from going to somebody's basement, uh, maybe just give them a letter saying, hey, uh, there's not sufficient exits for this basement. Um, you might be in danger, uh, but it's up to you, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, and that would come from the I, homeowner, right? That, yeah, that shouldn't it, well, even be a government letter. But even if, even if it was uh, a government response, you know, I, I, I just think that... Enter at your t- own t- risk. T- taking the position of like this this is the land of the free you should be able to do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anybody on and your own property no to, less and nobody should tell you you can't exit or you can't enter somebody's basement um because it's not safe you know we should be able to make that determination for ourselves um so it's similar to the to the health issue that's going on right now uh with with the FDA and their approval of drugs and I think that's actually one of the articles you had had listed. Um, we we shouldn't have somebody telling us we, what we can't put in our bodies. Um, if there is any organization, it should be just a recommendation. Like, yeah, hey, this might this isn't approved yet. It might be dangerous. Okay, fine, get out of my face. You know. <laughs> yeah. Let let me decide. Right. As as some you know, if, if, a lot of this is like life saving drugs of people who are terminal. Right. And you go like, well, 
you're going to die, but you're not allowed to take this drug because it just might kill you, right? Like, get, get that function out of the way and let the terminal guy decide, you know, if and when, you know, he's going to go, uh, what his best chances are for not going that early, right? For anything. And, it, and, and you know, you can start with the life-saving drugs and, and for terminal patients, but it should go for anything, Right. It, it should, you know, right. it, it should go for recreational stuff as well. Like they, they should not be in your face, you know, telling you what's good and what's bad. Um, and yeah, a, as a recommendation, yeah. You know, certified by the FDA, uh, certified by underwriters, laboratories, certified, you know, consumer reports, um, you know, top picks or whatever, you know, for, for, for drugs or whatever, um, you know, the, this one's not certified, so you don't know what you're taking. Well, I'll still have the choice, but thank you for, you know, not knowing it doesn't have your stamp of approval on it. Uh, I'm going to try it out anyway and see what happens. MC? Right on. What are we going right. to try next? Uh, well, is that a caller? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I heard a phone ring. Um, well, we're, we're pushing the time. So if you want to get into the FDA article, we'll run over. Um, we can save it for next week, or what do you want to do? I, I think I said enough on it already. Okay. So if you want to check out that article, uh, it's on our it's on our uh, show page. Um, you guys know where to find that. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash anarchist experience, where you can get in on the discussion and read those articles. Uh, we also have Facebook.com slash anarchist experience. Just give the page a like, because uh, I also post the show prep there. Uh, our main website, anarchistexperience.com, uh, and we do take donations through Patreon. Uh, if you're feeling up for it, you know, if you if you made some of that uh, crypto money uh, with Monero, even, you know, find a way to convert that into fiat so we can take it via Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Uh, thank you very much for listening. It was a pleasure to have you back, MC. Look forward to, to more like this in 2018. Uh, oh, yeah, this was the first show of 2018 because last week it was New Year's Eve um, when we actually uh, posted this stuff. So happy New Year's, everybody, once again. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>